Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men video broadcast, and it is good to be here this evening. <clears throat> and tonight, we're going to be getting into 1 Peter chapter 4 in our Bible study, and um, hopefully that these Bible studies are a blessing to you, and uh, hopefully that they are life changers as well. Amen. Um, so a couple things before we dive into uh, tonight's lesson. Um, uh, there will not be any Fishers of Men broadcast on Sunday because um, I will be preaching um, Sunday evening. So there is no, there is no, uh, there will be no broadcast Sunday because um, I will be preaching. Now, I have an idea of what I'm going to be preaching on. And um, basically, I'm, if the Lord wills, what I'm going to be preaching on on Sunday, if the Lord wills, um, is going to be a message <clears throat> entitling... Um, where's, uh, see, hang on a second. I just, what was it? Um, where's your focus? Okay. That's, um, if the Lord wills, that's going to be the title of the message is where's your focus. And I've been noticing, um, and the reason why I, the reason why I'm, I may preach that at the Lord wills is because I've been noticing that there is constant um, focusing on what's going on with COVID, COVID vaccines, vaccine passports, Afghanistan, all these different things that we see going on. Um, and all these things that we see, I've been, no I've been noticing that, you know, COVID seems to be at like the top of basically like the top um, uh, focus of Facebook. And what I mean by that, meaning that there's always constantly posts on Facebook and all about COVID and it's getting ridiculous. Um, and I'm sorry if that sounds mean, but... If that's going to be your main focus of talking, um, I think you need to reprioritize your focus a little bit. And so, <clears throat> the message is going to the message entitling "Where's Your Focus?" is really going to be about how, um, pretty much the need and the necessity. To dial back on the COVID talk, to dial back on the other areas of talk, and focus on the Word of God, and to focus on um, Christ. Because in the end, talking about all this COVID stuff, talking about all this stuff with the vaccines, ain't going to save nobody. Okay? 
Christ is the only one who saves. And we ought to be mindful of that. As I agree, I agree that these things that I've mentioned is good to know, to be made aware of. But we don't need to be jabbering every single day, 24 hours, and I'm being sarcastic here a little bit with the 24 hours thing, but we don't need to be going every single day with a bunch of COVID posts. We've got better things to do. Okay? We've got better things to say. We've got better things to do. You know, listen. It, in the end, the gospel is what saves. Not, listen, you can have all the COVID talks, right? You can have all the, all this stuff, right? But if you, but it does not profit anybody if that's all you talk about. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'd like to encourage every single one of you that's doing it. I know. <clears throat> you know who you are. I don't know. You do. Okay. I would really like to encourage all my brothers and sisters to dial down the COVID talk for a while. Dial down all aspects of COVID talk and do more Bible talk. We don't need all this. We don't need to be looking at all this nonsense every single day of every single hour. You know, it gets really old after a while and it really, um, really puts people, it will actually really just start put. I mean, and if you're not careful, you will put people on edge. Okay? So I want to just admonish you that let's get back to the Bible. Let's get back to Christ. Let's get back to having a Christ focus and not COVID focus. If, by the way, let me tell you something. Um, when you put your attention and focus on the circumstances and COVID above God, what are you really saying when you do that? Because when people do that, you know, you sort of can kind of generate doubt from that if you're not careful. So, if the Lord wills, that's what I'm going to be talking about Sunday night. Okay? Um, yes, people need to wake up, but you know what? People need to wake up to the gospel. They need to wake up to Christ. They don't need to constantly see and hear about COVID all the time. Because people are sick of it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just being, I'm not trying to be mean. But yet, if, listen, as a preacher of the gospel, there's not much I can do. I can't, I can't, I can't, I cannot advise anyone to take or not to take a vaccine. Okay? That's between you and God. Okay? God has that authority to tell you whether you should take it or not. I do not. I'm not God. Okay? But you guys, but all you guys, we need 
switch our focus a little bit. I think we need to reprioritize where our focus is at. So Sunday, if the Lord wills, I'm going to be preaching on where's your focus. Because what I'm seeing is it seems like our focus is just way out there. And it's out, and it won't, and, 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 and <clears throat> there needs to be more Bible talk and less COVID talk. More Bible, less COVID. Okay? Because some people are going to, because some people will be driven nuts if they constantly have to see that stuff. All right? So, anyways, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away because I got to do some studying afterwards and, um, well, we're going through our Bible study, and then I got a, I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got to study up and 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 get prepared for my message on Sunday. Okay, so um, it's going to take a little bit, I think. I don't know. We'll see, but I need to get that ready and prepared. Um, so I'll be preaching Sunday, so no video on Sunday. Um, I will try to do what I can to both record it on my iPad and phone. Uh, so there is both a, um, so that there is both a picture, uh, of the actual video, and a voice recording of the message, okay, and those will be uploaded uh, to my, um, and those and those would be uploaded to uh, uh, sermon audio and stuff, okay. So, anyway, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, not today. That's what I'm going to be talking about. My mind is going 130 miles an hour and I feel like I got a headache coming on. So forgive me if I misspeak. Um, but that's what I'm going to be talking about if the Lord wills on Sunday night. Okay. Now, <clears throat> uh, what other announcements do we have? I don't think that's the only thing that I have. Um, please do pray for me. Pray for our, uh, Brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, because they need to, they need our prayers. Do pray for um, do pray for those that are. Uh, I hate to use the word trapped. I'd like to I like to use usually use the word stranded and trapped because I think that would both you know so stranded and tra tra trapped and or trapped I should say. Okay, so pray for our. Brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, okay? Because they need your prayers. Alright? Pray for our nation. Um, pray for... Uh, pray for our brothers and sisters even in our homeland, alright? Pray for our government. Well, Brent, why should we pray for our government? Well, you should. Because those wicked politicians need Christ. They need to get saved. They need to get born again. So pray for them. We ought to pray for them. Even our good, even our even our good polit even our good politicians and, and and representatives, we need to pray for. Even the good ones, not just the bad ones, but the good ones too. Um. Yeah. So I think that's going to be about it. So if you guys have your Bibles, <clears throat> turn your Bibles with me to First Peter. Chapter 4, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we will begin our, we will begin the Bible study for tonight. 
and we're going to start off with reading verses 1 through 5 and getting into some scripture. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer shall live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Now, um, and, and chapter 4, verse 2 here, um, Spurgeon says, it says, The way to do a great deal is to keep on doing a little. The way to do nothing at all is to be continually resolving that we will do everything. Okay? Um, so, um, so yeah, we'll get, I don't want, I, I really don't know much of what that means. So I just wanted to read that quote to you. Uh, but let's go ahead and read here some scriptures. <coughs> okay, it says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye shall follow in his steps. Okay? Jesus said that no servant is greater than his master. The Bible also talks about that through much tribulation we must end through much tribulation we might will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Through much tribulation. Okay? Um and so Christ lived a life that we should, he, he left us an example that we ought to follow. Amen. Now in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Okay. Now the Bible talks about us standing. Now, um... Jesus says that whosoever heareth my words and doeth them, doeth them, uh, doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Okay, and we see in that in those verses. Actually, no. Let's go ahead and let's um. Let's see here. Let us. Let's see. On a rock. Whoops. Okay, well, that doesn't like that. So let's go to, let's go rock. Okay. Here. 
I can find it. Wait a minute. Um, let's see here. Let me see something here, because I know what verse I'm looking for. And I gotta find it. Really, that's not where oh boy. Um You know what's weird? It's not even pulling up the verses I'm looking for. That's weird. Okay, but <clears throat> in that in that likeness, Jesus says that um, you know the winds beat upon that house, and the winds and the rain and all this stuff beat upon that house. But you realize that the house stands. Why? Because it was founded on a rock. Okay. So when you have the armor of God and when you do and when you listen and do the word of God, okay, when you hear and when you actually do um, what the word of God says, okay, that's going to help you stand. Now, we're to take on that whole armor so that we are able to withstand in the evil day. Now, we're, we're seeing that the evil days are coming. So the question I have for you is two things. Do you have your armor on and are you founded upon the rock, which is the word of God? Okay. Because if you're not, you need to get ready. Because if you don't, you'll fall. All right. Now. In Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that we are dead to sin live any longer therein? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 through 3, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For, you are, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, it says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith on a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So let me ask you a question. Are you kept by yourself, or are you kept by the power of God? Because if you're kept by the power of God... It is God's power that's keeping you and you not keeping yourself. You can't keep yourself. Okay? 
It's the power of God that keeps you. And it's by His grace. Through faith. Amen. Now in Mark chapter 3 verses 34 through 35. And he looked round about them which sat about him. And said behold my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of God. The same as my brother and my sister and mother. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Where in, in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh, and the children of disobedience. <clears throat> now let me tell you something. Um, you know, you hear people say, uh, you know, my body, my choice. Christians should not even, I don't think Christians should even say that. Do you know why? When you say my body, my choice, you imply that you have control over your body. When in fact, that is not true. I don't care if you're lost as a goose or you're saved by the grace of God. You are not your own. So I want to tell you, okay, all the, all those who are against, in all the, all these, all, all you guys, okay, all my brothers and sisters that will not take the COVID vaccine because they, um, don't want to. Don't ever use the excuse, my body, my choice. Don't mimic those who, those who use that to justify abortion. Don't use that. Don't do it. Because you are not your own. And as Christians, you should know that. You should know that. Okay. And all you lost people, all you lost people who think that it's my body, my choice. Well, let me tell you something. If you're lost, you are walking according to the course of this world. And by the way, even though you're lost, you're still not your own. You know why? Because the prince of the power of the air the children the spirit that worketh now and the children of disobedience owns you the spirit that worketh and the children of disobedient it owns you so whether you're lost or saved you're not your own if you're lost you're owned by the prince of the power of the air if you're saved you're saved and owned by God. Why? Because God purchased you. Jesus Christ purchased you with his blood. So I don't want to hear from neither side, my body, my choice. That is the most asinine excuse people can give. Especially when it comes to this vaccine. Listen, if you want to take the vaccine, fine. That's, that's between you and God. That's okay. I'm not going to say anything. Okay, But if you don't want to take it either, that's fine too. 
Just don't use the excuse, my body, my choice, because that's the most dumb and lame excuse you can come up with. I'm just saying. As believers, you know what you should say? You should say, God's body, not my choice. Or, no, hang on a second. That didn't sound right. Um, um, how can you say this? No, scratch. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm blabbering on and on and on. Don't mind me because I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. Well, I know what I'm talking about. Just right there. Just not. I don't know. I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, so just don't use the my don't use the my body my uh, my choice excuse. It's it's lame. Okay, don't use it. Um. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 19 it says this I this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind having the understand having the understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past Feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 2 it says, Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Uh, Romans chapter 13 verse 13 through 14. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verses 6-7, through seven, it says, And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations, and that ye have brought into my sanctuary, strangers uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary to pollute it even my house when you offer my bread the fat and the blood and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations and jeremiah chapter 16 verse 11 through 12 it says then shall thou say unto them because your fathers have forsaken me saith the lord and have walked after other gods, and have served them, and have worshipped them, and have forsaken me, and have not kept my law. And ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, ye walk every one after the imagination of his heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Let me tell you something, you guys. In our nation, okay... Our fathers that went before us, okay, did wickedness. In this nation, I'm not talking about our forefathers, okay? What I'm talking about is the fathers that fathered this generation. They have done wickedly. And because they've done wickedly, this generation that has come up has done worse than their fathers. Worse. And we see that in our nation. 
and we see the consequences of the actions of parents who don't want to chasten their kids. Or, sorry, that's not politically correct. Um, let's see here. Uh, parents who don't want to spank their kids. You know, that's not politically correct either, but I don't care. Parents who don't spank their kids and don't punish them will turn out to be wild children that think they can get away with everything. And if you don't spank your kids and you don't punish them for their wrongdoings, they're going to grow up thinking they, they can get away with everything and they will do worse than you. And we're seeing it in our nation today. Don't be naive about that. When God... When God sees his kids misbehave, he'll chasten them and correct them. Why? Because he loves them. Okay? He loves them. He lo God loves his kids. Satan don't love his kids. Sa Satan is that parent who lets... By the way, can I tell you something? Satan is that parent that will let his kids do whatever they want without punishment. Think about that. God is the parent that will not let their kids get away with everything. And there is consequences for their actions. Okay. <clears throat> now. Um, oops, that's... Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Scroll down here a little bit. Ephesians 5, 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, that ye... They may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. And Romans chapter 14 verses 11 through 12. It says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so that every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you're Joe Biden I don't care if you're Kamala Harris. I don't care if you are Bush or I don't care about any of that. I'm going to make you a promise. Every decision that Joe Biden has made as president in regards to Afghanistan... I promise you, he's going to stand before God and give an account for all that he did. I promise you, he, he will. Joe Biden has blood on his hands because he's allowed people to be killed by the Taliban in Afghanistan. Okay? 
And he's allowing this to happen because of his decision and how he's wanting to pull out of Afghanistan. He's going to answer for that one of these days. Kamala Harris is going to answer for her silence. She'll answer for that if she don't repent. Okay. And oh, by the way, I should say this. Also, all you who are watching, one of these days, I promise you, you will stand before God in judgment. We all will stand before God in judgment. Here's the difference. Okay. Those who are lost will be judged by their works. Okay. The saved are judged by their faith. That's the biggest difference. My question is, which one will you be? Will you be standing before the, 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 the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, or will you be standing in front of the great white throne? Because if you're standing before the great white throne, I promise you there's only one place you're going, and that's to the lake of fire. Oh, Brennan, well, that's harsh. Well, you know what? Fine, if you think that's harsh, so be it. But one of these days, you'll find out. Brandon, you can't judge me. Well, okay, fine. I won't. But you'll be judged before God. God God will judge you. And I thank God that none of you that are watching are my judge. And I thank God that the only one who I will stand before is Christ. Because man is wicked. We are wicked, vile people. Amen. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. James chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Acts chapter 10, verse 42. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. One of these days, Christ is going to judge. Amen. Now, Let's pick up in verse 6 <clears throat> of First Peter chapter 4. Let's pick up in verse 6. For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might believe that, no, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister in the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the the oracles of God, 
If any man minister, let him do it as the of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praised and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. So, um, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, it says, Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. You guys want to know something in today's, and, and, and what we see today? There is a lot of Antichrists. There are Antichrists in D.C. There are Antichrists in the state level. There are Antichrists everywhere denying Christ and refusing to believe in him. They Anti means against. So there are a lot of people in our nation, not even in politics, mean, there's a lot in politics, but even your, your average Joe, there's a lot of people that are very much against Christ. Why? Because they've been indoctrinated with antichrist doctrines like socialism and all these other uh, trash indoctrinations that they receive from public schools. They don't. People don't believe the Bible anymore. People don't. People don't believe. People believe that we came from monkeys. There are people that believe the Earth is flat. There are people that believe that. Someone went back in time to change the word of God. It, listen, these things are delusions. And if you can't even, if you can't see through that, how will you see through the great delusion? Just putting it out there. Okay? Now, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Romans chapter 13, verse 11, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Let me tell you something. When you first believed, salvation was coming near. But each day, as we come closer, each day, we get a day closer to the Lord's return and to being caught up in the air with him. Amen. <clears throat> now, um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9, He that overcometh a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity, charity envieth not. Charity venteth not itself is not puffed up. You know, charity is another word for love. You know, when you give to a charity, you give out of your own free will. And that's what love is. Love is being able to give from your own free will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So love is a so love is is a love is giving and does not withhold. Amen. James chapter 5 verse 20. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. And 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls on obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure and with a pure heart fervently. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. And 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now we see that this is a the requirements of a bishop, okay? But... We see the key thing there is given to hospitality. We all should be, uh, we should all present ourselves as hospitable. Okay, which means you should you should give good hospitality. Why? Because when you truly love someone, you will you will give them good. You will be a good hostess for someone. You will be a hospitable person by love. Amen. Now. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. It says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having then gifts differ according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophesy, prophecy, let us prophesy. Whether, uh, yeah, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. Uh, Prophesy according to the proportion of faith. First Corinthians chapter four verses one through two. It says, "Let a man so account of us, as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what faithful. Amen. If you want to be a good steward, you must be found faithful." And to be found faithful, you have to learn how to, you have to learn to be able to take what the small things that you have and be faithful with the small. Amen. And First Peter chapter five verses ten through twelve, but the grace of. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establishing strength to strengthen, settle you. To him be glory 
and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother, unto you as I suppose, I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Now that word perfect does not mean sinless perfection. That word perfect is talking about a maturity. And maturity comes by going through trials and tribulations. Okay. Um, really quickly, turn with me to James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Okay? So, diverse temptations will produce spiritual maturity over time. And we ought to let that work. We ought to let God do that work within us. Amen? Because we are, we, we need to be mature. Um, and 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I spake as a child... I un understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. This is maturity. When you become an adult, when you become a man or a woman, you put off childish things. Amen? Putting off childish things is maturity. That's something we all need, even myself. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says, For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. And Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, oh, I'm sorry, that, okay, so the previous verse, I think I, I think I misspoke that one. That was Romans chapter 11, verse 36, okay? This verse I'm about to read here is Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. We're to think and have a sober mind, both spiritually and physically. It means don't be drunk. Amen. Don't be don't be drunk. Now, let's go. Let's go on back to first Peter chapter four. Let's get to uh, let's pick up here in verse twelve. And we'll read through verse 16. So verse 12. <clears throat> it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. 
but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you on their part, he is evil sp spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Which means, mind your business. Don't be a busybody in people's matters. Conduct your own business and mind your, and mind your business. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a good, I think that's good advice for, for this whole vaccine thing. Mind your business. Don't be concerned with my business. Keep, keep, keep your nose out of it. Um, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on, on this behalf. Okay. So, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 8. If thou seest the oppression of the poor, and violent perverting of judgment, and justice, and of providence, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Romans chapter 8 verses 17 through 18. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So the sufferings of this present time. Is but for a moment. And those sufferings are to help you to be conform, conformable and to his image. And to be mature. Because in this life we're going to mature. But the sufferings that we go through now. Okay. It will be worth it when we go home. Because when we go home as Christians. There is going to be a glory that's going to be revealed within us. And that glory is going to be more beautiful. Than the sufferings of this present time. But through much tribulation we must enter into the kingdom of heaven. Remember that. And 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. Is for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, 
always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 11, it says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. In Luke chapter 6 verse 22, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. And John chapter 15, verses 20 through 21. It says, Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. For if they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. In Acts chapter 5, verse 41, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, And if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. And just a few verses down in that same chapter, in verse 17, for it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, For we hear that there are some which, which walk among you disorderly, walking not at all, but are busybodies. Okay, that was 2 Thessalonians 3, 11. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, it says, and that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we command you. So, in other words, mind your business. Study to learn how to be quiet, mind your business, and work with your hands. I think that's very simple enough. I don't have to expound on that. You'd be surprised about why why you would have to expound on that because no people nowadays don't seem to get that. Mind your business. It's not hard. First Peter chapter two verse twelve, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evil evildoers, that they may they may be your good works, which they shall behold, glorified God in the day of visitation. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 20, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I should be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Okay, Acts so that was Philippians, Philippians chapter 1 verse 20. Now Acts chapter 11 verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians 
first in Antioch. <clears throat> okay, so those in Antioch were called Christians, Christ-like. Amen. And when you become a Christian, we should follow Christ and his doctrines. There are many false Christians out there. So don't let them fool you. Now, let's pick up here in verse 17. And uh, this is actually going to be the last section of this, of this chapter. And then uh, we'll be done here. Okay? It says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begun in us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Amen. Now, we know that judgment must first begin at the house of God. And I think we're seeing some of that going on right now. Because the church is not doing what God is wanting them to do. Why do you think a lot of churches were shut down during all this pandemic stuff? God allowed for that to happen for a reason. Could it possibly be because it's judgment? Could be. Because you realize the churches that remained open, you realize that God, with a lot of them anyways, God had gave protection. Or there were states that churches had, that, that there, was, there were churches in different states that were protected because of certain laws that were put in place. I think, and you know, if God did that, then he'll. If God did that at the beginning of this, he'll sustain it all. He'll sustain it all the way through, and he'll protect his people. Amen. Now, Ezekiel chapter nine, verse six, it says that this is a this is the old this is a Old Testament picture of judgment beginning at the house of God first. Okay, it says in Ezekiel chapter nine, verse six, slay. Utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. Okay? So those who had this mark in their, on their foreheads were those that were God's people. Okay? But anyone who didn't have the, that mark on, on their forehead would be wiped out. Okay? Now... But take a look at this. It says, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. Amen. Now, Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 29. For lo, I begin to bring evil on the city which is called by my name. And should ye be utterly... A Unpunished, 
ye shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword upon the upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith the Lord of hosts. In Jeremiah chapter forty nine, verse twelve, for thus saith the Lord, Behold, they whose judgment was not to drink of the cup have assuredly drunken, and art thou he that shall altogether go unpunished? Thou shalt not go unpunished, but thou shalt surely drink of it. And Amos chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. And I want you to think about America. Don't you dare think that God couldn't do it here. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason why God has not wiped out this country completely is because there are still people in this nation that believe. What we see now is an act of mercy because we deserve to be completely wiped off. God, we deserve to have God wipe this nation off from the face of the planet like he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. But God, ha God, is, God has left this nation still here. So what does that tell you? God has mercy. God is much graceful. Amen. God is full of grace and he is merciful. In Romans chapter 2 verse 9 it says, Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentiles. Okay. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 31. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. Much more the wicked in the sinner. James chapter 5 verses 6 through 9. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. And 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, this is the last verse, and we'll close. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for menslayers. And we'll close. That's all I got for the verses, so we'll go ahead and we'll close. So as we see I said at the beginning of this of this video that Peter is writing to persecuted Christians. Because this was this book was probably written 
somewhere um, and during the times of Nero. Okay, so there are there is Christian persecution um, being you know an outbreak of Christian persecution and and Christians were getting persecuted for their faith. And we see here in and 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 chapter four how Peter illustrates that. Yes, that we will suffer, but it's better to suffer as a Christian than for an evildoer. Amen. And when we do go through these trials and these tribulations, these trials and tribulations are to conform us into that image and to strengthen our faith. Okay. Now I said last verse, but we'll close with this verse here. I want you to turn with me to Revelation 3, Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to read in verse 18. Okay, it says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with thyself, that thou mayest see. Jesus is saying that he wants you to buy of him gold. And in this instance, gold represents faith. Tried in the fire. Remember, fiery trial. Okay. That thou mayest be rich in white raiment. If you want to be rich in faith, we have to go through trials. Why? Because those fiery trials are meant to purify our faith. Think about that. Fiery trials are meant to purify and strengthen our faith. Just as you would purify gold and fire. Okay? So remember. The next time you go through a trial and tribulation. Remember that God is working on a work in your life. God's doing something in your life to benefit you. Amen. But the sufferings and the agony that we face here is only but for a moment. And these trials and tribulations will be worth it when we go home. Amen. It'll be worth it. We may not see it now. But when we go home, it'll be worth it. Amen. So guess what? That's the end of... That is the end of chapter 4. So next time we get together, next week, we're going to be finishing the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, we're going to be finishing that up next week. Um, the following week, uh, Lord Wills will get into the book of James book of James. I think the book of James will really correlate very well with 1 Peter, okay? So, really quickly, just do a recap again. Um, so, um, Friday, there will be a Friday Fellowship starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. So, if you want to tune in for that, feel free to do so. Feel free to do so. Friday Night Fellowship at 7 o'clock. Sunday, no fishermen broadcast because I'm going to be preaching on Sunday night, okay? 
So no officials have been broadcast. I'll be preaching Sunday night. You pray for me. Pray for the message. Um, you uh, pray for my ministry. And uh, next week, we'll, we will finish up the book of 1 Peter. Amen? Um, so listen, I appreciate you all tuning in with me. Appreciate you kind of being uh, very patient with me. And and hopefully this uh, these videos are a blessing to you. Um, if you like... Um, if you want to support the channel, the best way you can support my channel is to like, share, and subscribe. Um, please share these videos with other people. Do not wait for my... Please, please, please do not wait for my permission because I'm giving you permission right now. Share the videos. Like it. Subscribe. Uh, if you hit the notification bell and click all, you can get all of the new videos that will that new videos that I'll be coming out with and uh, that way you won't miss a single one. Okay. So listen, guys, I love you. Uh, God bless you. I hope this was a blessing to you. Please. Uh, my hope and prayer is that lives would be changed. Uh, whether, whether you're saved or not, I just pray that this would have some sort of impact on you for the good. Amen. So with that said, I'm, I'm going to be signing off for the evening. I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great night. And we'll see you all, hopefully God willing, on Friday. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya. Bye.